This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. For children and teens of certain ages, traumatic brain injury is the leading cause of death and disability. And ER visits for concussions have tripled in recent decades. What are the reasons? We are continuing to learn about the cumulative effects of traumatic brain injury in terms of long-term consequences. Then, SNAP, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, has helped Americans get the food they need. But new research shows SNAP has another benefit. I would certainly like to see more families who are in need of nutritional support have access to those resources when it's needed. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. Stay with us. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Among tots and teens, traumatic brain injury is a leading cause of death and disability. What are the reasons, and how can parents keep their kids safe? InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco has the story. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Recent research shows traumatic brain injury is the leading cause of death and disability in children from birth to age 4 and in teens 15 to 19. And the numbers are rising in particular among girls. Such incidents have become frequent in kids playing on playgrounds and involving sports that use equipment such as bicycling, football, basketball, and soccer. Joining us with more is Dr. Alan Cook with the School of Community and Rural Health at the University of Texas at Tyler Health Science Center. Dr. Cook, since when have the cases of traumatic brain injury for kids been on the rise, and what are the trends? Well, the data we have comes from our federal government, and it shows a steady rise over the years 2000 to 2019. Probably the most pronounced rise was from 2008 to 2013, and roughly considering all emergency department visits, we were seeing uh, 1.5 million emergency department visits for traumatic brain injuries among this population in 2000. Then it went up to between 3.5 and 4 million visits in 2020. So almost a tripling then at 4 million, I guess. Yes. But tell us now, what did your study find about girls? It showed that in all groups, the traumatic brain injury levels increased, but then with boys, it leveled out and then decreased, but with girls, it leveled and stayed elevated. And do we have any idea why there's been this increase specifically among girls or this sustained higher level? Well, to some degree, we can only speculate, but with many of the contact sports, say, for example, football that boys engage in, where we've seen a great deal of research being done for disease entities like chronic traumatic encephalopathy, leading to a greater emphasis on helmet design and so forth. Many women's sports are unhelmeted. Volleyball, soccer, cheerleading, things like that are all unhelmeted sports. You know, remember that the data represent presentations to an emergency department, so Whereas we were dismissive about even mild brain injuries, concussions, 
then with the increased awareness of it from football and specifically the National Football League, we address it much more seriously, lots of rules, and the requirements often that upon evaluation at the sideline of the sporting event, frequently participants are taken to emergency facilities for advanced medical workup and evaluation. So remember that the incidences in this study is the matter presenting to emergency departments. And so I believe it's really a matter of unhelmeted sports in women, young women, and increased surveillance and increased evaluation, which includes workup in the emergency department. We're visiting with Dr. Alan Cook from the University of Texas at Tyler Health Science Center regarding traumatic brain injuries in children. The research appears in the American Journal of Preventive Medicine. Doctor, is there a gap in knowledge among parents, coaches, and administrators on how to assess a young person's injury on the field of play? Yes. For decades, what we regard as a relatively minor traumatic brain injury referred to as a concussion was dismissed. And we are continuing to learn about it just within the last, say, 10 years, about the cumulative effects of traumatic brain injury and even what truly constitutes a mild traumatic brain injury in terms of long-term consequences. And so With this data set, we really can't assign cause and effect. However, our findings are very consistent with those of other investigators. But we do need policies and programs that increase awareness and promote specific training and guidelines for prevention and treatment of traumatic brain injuries so that they can be more effective and ultimately truly reduce the incidence of this type of injury. You mentioned policies, but are there best practices for assessing injuries and determining when to seek care? Well, yes. Two-thirds of the injuries we saw in our population took place under the supervision of coaches or at schools, for example, often even at homes. But we've learned that encouraging and mandating helmet use and improving helmet use has helped to reduce traumatic brain injury And we've also shown that the flooring material and contacting the floor is a significant player. But overall, there's still much more work to go. Then in terms of assessing, we're developing practices of the child or the adult, as the case may be. But in this case, children, they have to be evaluated by a medical professional and clear to return to play by that medical professional. For example, in Washington, D.C., they have youth sports traumatic brain injury laws, for example, that require that very policy. We live in a culture where winning is so important. Is that part of the problem? Is there too many kids that should be sidelined due to injury who are being allowed to play? I would say that's probably true. We were very dismissive, and there is a suck it up and get back out there mindset often in the adults. And finally, do you have advice for parents who want to be sure that their kids are safe? Encourage helmet use or require helmet use and model helmet use where appropriate. Do take these injuries seriously. 
do follow school guidelines and recommendations when your child is in those settings and even consider emulating those when the children are in your supervision only. All good advice. Dr. Alan Cook from the University of Texas at Tyler Health Science Center. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, a surprising benefit from a government food program. That story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 